What's up, traders? Anthony Crudelli here, and thank you for tuning in to the Futures Radio Show podcast. Big show for you guys today. Former NYSE specialist who is now an electronic day trader, primarily using market profile, and founder of Camelback Trading, Paul Asmar joins me to talk about trading the indices during earnings week. We discuss Tesla's earnings and how he would use what happened in Tesla to help him trade the indexes. MGI, market-generated information. Market profile, how and why Paul uses this as his primary tool for day trading. This and a whole lot more in today's show. Futures Radio Show is sponsored by CME Group. And coming on May 3rd, micro Bitcoin futures are coming to CME. They're going to be one-tenth the size of a Bitcoin. Not one-tenth the size of the current CME contract. One-tenth the size of a Bitcoin. To learn more about micro Bitcoin futures, go to activetrader.cmegroup.com. You can listen to Futures Radio Show podcast anywhere where podcasts are available. But if you want to watch Futures Radio Show, you can check us out on anthonycrudelli.com or YouTube. This show is also sponsored by Trading Technologies, TradeStation, and FTSE Russell. The Russell 2000 is a key benchmark for small cap U.S. stocks. Be sure to check out the E-mini Russell 2000 futures symbol RTY and micro E-mini Russell 2000 futures symbol M2K. To learn more about FTSE Russell and their products, please visit FTSERussell.com. Paul, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on the show. You know, I've been following you on Twitter for years. You put out a ton of great content. And I'm going to tell you, you got a lot of love from my listeners. So many people have written in over the years, emailed me, said, you got to have Paul on the show. He's great. He's taught me a ton. So I'm excited to have you on today. And, and I know that we're going to learn a bunch of stuff from you. Uh, and, you know, we're both floor traders in our backgrounds, but totally different floors, different states. You were an NYSE floor trader. And you went from a specialist to an electronic trader. And I think this is a good week to talk to you because I have found that so many of my friends that were specialists or came from the equity side, when they start trading the indexes more or the trading futures, you know, S&P, NASDAQ, and Russell, they trade earnings weeks so much better than we do. <laughs> and, you know, this is one of those weeks where I have typically in the past either taken some time off uh, or I've struggled. Uh, I, I just know that they're just a, a little bit of a tougher week for me. You know, I don't know I don't know the equity side like a lot of you guys. So we're starting off today. Actually, everybody, if you're listening to this on audio, you might want to go to anthonycrudelli.com or maybe go to uh, YouTube to watch because Paul's got up his screens and we're going to be doing some chart action today, some charting. So, Paul, it, we got Tesla up. Earnings just came out. We don't need to get into uh, how the earnings came out. But I want to talk more about your process and really because you understand the equity side, the stock side so well. You now being I, – I know that you trade S&Ps, NASDAQ, and Russell more now. What are your thoughts like coming into an earnings week and, and just what's your process and approach is? Well, it's definitely a different approach from when I was a specialist. Well, when, for a quick background, when I was a specialist on the floor during earnings week, <clears throat> when our stocks reported earnings, obviously, if there was a big move, whether it was up or down the stock, you had to be on the other side of it. You had no choice. That was our floor function. So if it was bad earnings, bad revenues, and the stock was opening down 2 or 
uh, you had to be on the other side and we would try to price the stock where we were obviously going to be more comfortable taking on some big inventory, whether it was long or short. Totally different now being behind the screen. Um, although that did take me a while. My first year I was getting killed because I still thought I was a specialist behind the screen. <laughs> so I had to change my thinking uh, totally uh, on that. And now when uh, earnings come out, now being that I do trade mostly the S&P and the indices, I don't deal that much individually with stocks. But in a case of like, if you look at a Tesla, we were talking about it before we came on the air. Tesla is in, in balance in all three time frames, And as a trader, balance and excess right now are our two biggest important uh, parts of trading. So being that it's in balance, you're looking for the stock to come out of balance. Looking where it's trading right now, we're down about 20 bucks uh, after hours. Um, but until it takes out, I mean, a stock like Tesla has a huge balance. So until it takes out a balance low, um, I wouldn't be looking to get short because you're going to play balance rules. So uh, with the earnings, if we stay in balance, there's not much of a trade. But for argument's sake, if tomorrow morning Tesla is to open up below the $700 level and get acceptance below it, I'm going to be looking on the short side um, because everybody who's been in this balance that's long is going to be looking to get out of their inventory and you're going to have shorts piling on. So that's where the big difference is as far as being a specialist with earnings and trading earnings as an individual trader. Explain to everybody what being in balance means. Sure. So as you're looking at the chart here in, in Tesla, balances are very subjective. There's no right or wrong. Trading is an art. It's very visual. It's not a science as far as I'm concerned. So you can see here over the last 10 trading days, Tesla's had a, a high of $781. We'll round it out in a low of $691.80. So it has a range of about $90. Now, this is a big one we're using. Until you come out of that balance, buyers, traders are going to do its work until it doesn't work anymore. So if you right now they closed today before the earnings came out, right in the middle of it. So there's no real trade. But if the stock is to push to the lower end of the balance, well, balance rules would suggest three things can happen. Either you get to the bottom of a balance, it doesn't go through, and then you reverse to the opposite end. You slightly extend the balance to the downside, sellers dry up, you come back in, eventually get to the top of the balance, or you go through the bottom of the balance and don't look back. So that was why balance is so important um, when it comes to trading, because it does tell you it's waiting for more market-generated information. Even with Tesla down 20, it's still in balance. It's not a clear trade if I was trading Tesla as of right now going into tomorrow morning. Got it. So what I'm taking is is that if a stock that's coming out with earnings such as Tesla, mm -hmm. and we know it could have an impact on you know S and P or Nasdaq, if it's in balance, you're not accounting for it to do too much to the indices. Am I, am I reading that wrong or right? No, that's correct. If it stays in balance, it should not affect the indices as much. Um, a perfect example quickly is Amazon. There were rumors about them maybe splitting today. Well, when that rumor came out, the triple Q started running and they went from being in balance on the day to attempting to trend higher. So that came out of balance based on that, on that rumor. Got it. How much of being a specialist have you taken to help you become an intraday 
you know, electronic indice trader? Um, I think the biggest thing, uh, I haven't really taken much. I had to, I had to re, uh, relearn. <laughs> I had to retool myself, to be quite honest with you. The biggest thing is I have taken away is, and you know it being a floor trader, you could always get that sense of momentum. I mean, you used to hear the trading floor. Now, I don't, you don't hear that. You hear by yourself. But you still have, I think, the feel of the market that as floor traders we had, and I had it for 25 years, I still believe that serves me very, very well um, trading behind the screen. So the instincts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, knowing who you're trading against, your competition. I mean, we, we go over that. I talk about that a lot in my room uh, all the time. It's knowing you, first and foremost, you have to know yourself. What kind of trader are you? That's number one. Number two, you have to know who your competition is on a daily basis. And number three is you have to know the vehicle you're trading. And believe it or not, I only trade, you know, I trade specifically mostly the S&P because I put so much time and effort into it. I mean, I have destinations and reference points going back 10 years in it. Um, I don't think my mind could handle doing that kind of workload on five different stocks. So even though I trade the Russell and the NASDAQ, I don't have the deeper uh, understanding of them that I do of the spy uh, because I put so much time and effort into that. Who do you feel that your competition is? For the most part, our competition on a daily basis is just short-term traders, short-term algos that try to get paid providing liquidity, although they don't really provide liquidity. They just, you know, they're trying to make pennies here and there. Retail traders such as myself, I think you can tell in the in the lack of tempo, the lack of volume, um, the mechanical way that the market stops at such incredible visual points that you know who you're trading against. Long-term traders would not care about those uh, mechanical reference points. And that's not to say long-term traders aren't in the market every day. They are. And they're all in there through algorithms. However, they don't dictate the action most of the time. It's it's mostly the short-term traders. I know so many traders that, that take this so personally, that like you're, you're fighting against the algos, you're fighting against the HFTs. And, and I look back at when I first started in the pit, I was fighting against all the top step guys, all the guys that were louder than me, bigger than me, better than me, you know, and I ended up going to the screen and I felt that no matter what the algos or HFTs are doing, at least I'm in control of what I'm doing. So I always felt that, you know, you just have to adapt to what the environment is. You know, I, I don't feel that they are, like I said, I don't take it as personally as a lot of these other people do. I don't take it personally at all. I know I know when I'm seeing something in the market and my strategy is working well, I take advantage of it. When I know that they're just chopping me up and I could feel it in my body kind of going back to those instincts, I know just to step away. I mean, I think that's one of the things when we come from where we came from is like those instincts of just, look, it, you just got to find a way. You just, you got to adapt. You can't take this stuff too personally. You definitely can't take it personal. Um, again, you just have to know who you, I don't, look, I am never going to be faster than a machine. Yep. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> no. I, have to be, I have to be smarter. Exactly. I have to be smarter. And, um, and, and that's the key. Plain and simple. Uh, I, I don't get upset. And, you know, that's another thing we, you know, we'll talk about, I'm sure, later in the program. But I try to tell people, don't ever blame anybody but yourself. I'll exactly. never blame the market, ever. 
You know, what I find interesting about the HFTs and the algos and what they have brought to the table is, first of all, I think it's become so much more about momentum now. I mean, markets are much more one-dimensionally moving than they were in the past. You know, a lot more mean reversion when I was a trader. I don't see that nearly as much. But they also take markets to levels that I didn't think they could take them. And and it was one of the hardest things for me to do was to wrap my head around the market getting to a price that I didn't think it could get to, like coming off of a headline or an employment number or something like that. Things just get there quicker. Uh, and also, like I said, they, they become much more of a momentum type thing where once they get pinned running higher, they just stay running higher. There's just so little pullbacks. And you know, I've had to kind of adjust and adapt to you know what, what that environment is. Without a doubt, we have to give, I have to give a lot more respect to what short-term algos and traders can do. Um, Friday, what's today? Today's Monday, so Thursday was when uh, when Friday we took it all back. Friday was a perfect example after we sold off on Thursday, um, after that headline came out about the uh, cap uh, capital tax gains. Friday, I knew who we were playing against. I knew the market was short from the afternoon. I knew they would cover. But I have to give them more respect. I did not think we would take back all of Friday as quick as we did. And that is something even, you know, I've been doing this for 37 years. And you do have to respect them um, that they can move. They they could run. (laughs) No, exactly. And, you know, we're going to pause here in just a moment. And we're going to pull up some market profile charts because that's really what you use 80 80 to 90% of the time, if not more, right? Correct. Yeah. So traders, we're going to pause here for 30 seconds. And when we come back, like I said, if you're listening to this on audio, you may want to flip over to video now because we're going to be going and looking at what Paul looks at majority of the time, and that is market profiles. So hang tight, traders. We'll be back in uh, 45 seconds. Replace your exchange with TradeStation Crypto. Dealing with multiple exchanges is complicated and it takes time except with TradeStation Crypto. Because we are not an exchange. We are a broker. You have access to multiple pools of liquidity. All in one platform, in one account, one way. Trade crypto your way. Plus, earn interest on your eligible cryptocurrencies. Get started in one click. Trade the global markets with trading technologies. TT is the world's fastest commercially available futures trading platform. Now with integrated tools for advanced options trading, cryptocurrencies, and trade surveillance. Learn more at tradingtechnologies.com. Welcome back, traders. Uh, We have Paul's market profile charts up there. Paul, you talk about MGI, market-generated information. And I mentioned before the break that you use market profile for a majority of your trading walk us through what we're seeing here in front of us on the charts and how you use market profile for trading sure so on the left i have up both uh the spy the iwm and the triple q's um most of my room trades either these or the futures um i trade actually i've started trading futures i have not put futures profiles up here they are very similar to the etfs but at some point i will get the um future profiles so the SPY is the one I trade. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with market profile, all this is is a 30-minute chart broken out into letters from 9.30 to 4 p.m. Um, here's part of Friday's range. 
How I like to describe uh, the market profile is a 30-minute chart is an x-ray. A market profile is an MRI. It gives you so much more detailed information. And today is a perfect example how I used MGI to have a pretty good day on a very, very slow day. So here's Friday's upper range. This was 3.30's range, M period, where we made the new high in the day, and then we sold off. So when we opened today, I told the room, I told the traders in my in my room, here's the opening where the yellow dot, um, yellow dot is. I said, a lot of times, the short-term traders and short-term algos have a tough time wanting, wanting to take out a previous daily high and or especially weekly high or all-time high. So when the market pushed up um, in A period, and then in B, I took a short against Friday's high. Risk reward to me is huge. My entry is huge. In fact, I listened to your a video the other day, Anthony, about your indicator in and indicator out. And that's something I still struggle with in the, you know, with my outs on winning trades. Um, that's why my entries are so important to me. So I wanted to wait to a point where my risk reward, if we got above Friday's high, I would have been out on the trade. I took a short and B period. It came back in. Based on market-generated information, based on knowing myself, knowing my competition, and knowing the stock that I trade. And it turned out to be a good short and B period. I also said, after A and B, which we use as our initial balance, our range is only $0.97. Cents, very, very small. And I told the traders, I said, there are pretty good odds we could take out both sides of the initial balance today. Well, lo and behold, we didn't take out the initial balance on either side until late in the day in L period. And what did we do in L period? That's the three o'clock time frame. We took out the initial balance high and the initial balance low. Now, when L made its high, I was short. I was short because I told the traders, just like they had trouble in B period, we were, the point of control is very important to me. There's 13 time frames. I like to have nine wide when you start getting nine wide or more, that's where buyers and sellers are very happy to do business together. Well, we were already eight wide down here. So I said, I thought the odds of going back there were very good. That's market-generated information. I also said there's no tempo or volume. So if we make a new high, I will take a short. And again, I'll use Friday's high as my out. Well, lo and behold, and I said, and here are my destinations. I, and I, it was a small trade. I only bought 15 puts. Um, I said I would take five off at K's low. I would take uh, five off at um, where the point of control is or the park and five off down at around value low. Well, no sooner did I take the trade and say that. I mean, I didn't expect it to flush like it did. But I told the room, everybody here in J, K, and L, these people are long. Longs want to get paid. If they don't get paid, what are they going to do? They're going to give it up. Plain and simple. It's not that the market's bad. So said they're going to give it up. And what happened? They couldn't take out. They took out the day's high, couldn't get Friday's high, and flushed out immediately. And I did very well on my put. And then right after that, when we made the new low in L, and then M started right away, I said, all this is is weak longs getting out, and now shorts attempting to push down. I said, we have a very wide pock. We're below value. And value is very important to me. I said, I'm taking a long because I think the odds of going back to right to the middle of the profile are very good. And that's exactly what I did. I went and bought 25, 25 calls um, that expired today in M period. And they went right back up to the meat of the profile where I took off 
that trade. That's market-generated information that we use on a daily basis and that I do in my trading room um, that not only paid us, they paid us very, uh, very quickly today. Usually, you have to wait a little bit more. But this time today, it paid us very nicely on both the short and the long. And again, Anthony, everything's about odds. There's no guarantee those trades are going to work, but it's about odds. And I knew my out. So that's how I use market-generated information on a, on a daily basis. Well, I mean, definitely coming from the floor, one of the things that I first learned was second trade first, know where you're getting out before you're getting in. And I always just lean on that area. We called it lean. Uh, when we were in the S&P pit, you lean on that area. Once that area is broken, you, your lean is gone. So it's just kind of <laughs> thinking that way. I always think about if once I'm leaning on something, that's it. But I'm curious as to guy like you, Paul, you, you come from being on the floor as a specialist and you go to electronic trading. Why market profile? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. <laughs> because uh, when I left, I left the trading floor at the end of 07. I took, after 25 years, I took a break basically in 08, 09. Um, I didn't trade through that whole debacle in 08, 09. Um, I was actually helping out a, a friend of mine in New Jersey run for governor. I was on it, w- working on his campaign. And then I got, I just missed it. So in 2010, I decided to start trading. And I sat behind the screen and I still thought I was a specialist and got crushed. So I knew that wasn't going to work. I said, I can't, I don't have Goldman Sachs or Steel Leeds and Kellogg's money. I can't be on the other side of the trade and just wait for it to reverse. So um, I found a, a good friend of mine who had been trading. He worked, uh, he worked uh, on, on the commodities. He had been trading market profile uh, from home since 1998. And he's still doing it. And he taught, he told me about market profile. I'd never heard of it. And I actually, sat down at his house for almost a full year in 2011 and i it, it, i just got hooked on it and once i found this this was like my my holy grail with something like that i really liked and that's basically how i came to use it took a while it's, it's not something you're going to learn overnight um but it's definitely something uh that i know has helped my trading tremendously it's amazing to me how much market profile has grown. I mean, it's one of the first things that I saw on the trading floor. A lot of guys were actually doing market profile with, with pen and paper in the mm-hmm. pit. Yes. And it's just become such a very big and popular thing amongst, especially day traders. Uh, they really love market profile. I know a lot of my listeners do. But for those that don't know what it is, you mentioned a couple of things, and I like to really educate the traders that are listening sure. to this and understand what it is they were seeing. You said initial balance, the POC, the point of control. Mm-hmm. Just I want just give everybody just a quick definitions on some of the things you discussed about Absolutely. it and how they're calculated. So the initial balance is just the first two time frames of the day, A and B. That's the initial balance. To me, that's important. Um, It's important for these reasons. When you do take out one side of the initial balance, generally, 75% of the time, you won't see the other end of the initial balance. Now, again, that's only odds, but that's important. Um, Just like when you take out an overnight high or low, generally, the odds work that you're not going to take out both ends. Now, everything has to be put into context. The smaller the initial balance, the better the odds you can take out both sides, which today was a perfect example of that. So that's what the IB is, the initial balance. Point of control is the widest part in the profile. So the widest part in the profile is where buyers and sellers are happiest to do business. If you trade there nine or more times, to me, that's a reference point I carry forward for the next day. So tomorrow in my homework, I have 
41762 in SPY, in SPY, is my point of control. That C's low. Why is that important? Because the odds are if we open up inside of today's range tomorrow, you'll probably trade back there at some point. So that's what the point of control is. The, the reason it's really important on the daily time frame when you're trading is what I just did in L period on that short. When I took that short, I thought the odds of going back to make us nine wide were very good. It's like almost like a magnet. And what happened? We didn't get extension above the day's high, and you went back to the point of control. Now, there's two point of controls. In SPY, I use the TPO, which is time price opportunities. A lot of people that trade the futures use the volume profile. Volume profile in SPY is useless because it does too much volume, and it's very erratic because of the prints that go on in SPY. So it's not going to be the same as the volume profile in the futures. That's a big difference. Um, another thing we use, and there's not on this day, but here's Friday, where we have single prints. Do you see this big range here in C period from Friday? That's a form of an intraday gap. That's when the market took off on Friday and never looked back. Well, you could use that kind of as a daily gap and take longs against that. So anybody who took longs, you had here, you had it in B period, you had it in C period, and we also have it in G period. That's a trend day. That is incredibly strong and powerful. So you should be taking longs against that. Again, you're going to see that on the profile as opposed to it's not going to be easy to see on a 30-minute chart. Um, you want me to go over some others? I can as far as... No, a couple of things I want to talk about. First sure. is... I see that you have the IWM, QQQ. Mm-hmm. How much does the other markets, the other indices, have an impact on your decision-making in the SPY? Hmm. I try, believe it or not, even though I have them up there, I try not to let them influence me at all because they're all separate animals. Um, I can't help but look at times what the others are doing, but I try not to let it affect me uh, as opposed to what I'm looking at. Now, as opposed to IWM and triple Qs, they have been total opposites for months. So people who trade those have been able to, when the triple Qs are up, the Russell's usually down and vice versa. But as far as the SPY and the ES, I try not to look at it too much. A perfect example, as you can see here on the triple Qs, before we sold off in L period, they had those single prints I was talking about. And I, J, and K, they were trending higher. Now, if I looked at triple Qs and said, well, they're doing that, I think SPY should do that. Also, I would be looking to get long here. I wasn't looking to get long here. I was looking to get short here because of the lack of tempo. So I try not to let those influence me as much and let what the market generated information and SPY is telling me to direct my trades. Now, if you had to give us one of your favorite looks using market profile, what is something that you look for as maybe you would call it your money trade or your, your favorite trade? Well, my favorite trade is absolutely when we're one time framing down and with, and the market's in quote unquote a free fall, which we don't see that often because the market always tends to go down faster than it goes up. So when you have a trend day down, like Friday's a good example. Yeah, we did go up pretty good, pretty hard, but it was still in a grinding type fashion. Whereas on the way down the market, even if you get in a, Poor entry points, the way the market's pushing down, um, you nine times out of 10, you're going to make money on that short 
because you have those single prints to lean on. That's those intraday gaps to lean on. So that's by far my favorite trade. Doesn't happen as often though. Uh, no, not these days. It doesn't. No. <laughs> uh, you mentioned your favorite trade being, you know, uh, a trend day down, a one time frame trend day down. So many people ask me, how do you identify a day? Right. I mean, we go into every day. We want to identify the environment. And when I look at market profile, one thing that I like about market profile is I think that it actually helps you identify a day because of a lot of the reasons that you discussed. So when you come into every day, how long before you're actually starting to trade to where you you see and can identify what type of day it is? That's a great question. It takes a while to determine what type of day it is most of the time. It doesn't mean I can't take a trade before that day is identified because I'll take a trade in A and B in the initial balance against prior day reference points. So today was a perfect example. I didn't know what kind of day we were going to have just yet, but I thought we had a good chance of not taking out Friday's high right away. So I took that short in B. Once we saw what was happening, B, C, D, we weren't getting any momentum, anything like that. I told the room, for the most part, this is going to be a rotational day. And if I'm going to have a rotational day, I don't mind fading a new high or low of the day. Now, that took a long time to happen. And a lot of traders would take it before you make the new low. Yeah, if you took a long in FH or I, you made money. If you took a short in, in, in K, whatever, you made money, it came back in. Um, I'm a little more picky when it comes to that. So it definitely takes, unless you're going to go full board trend, it takes probably a minimum of four time frames to really get a good idea what kind of day you might have. Final question before we get into rapid fire is you mentioned that you'll use puts or calls specifically in, in today's trade. That's what you were talking about. Why go to the options instead of the outrights? Well, that's a great question. I was always, I was always an equities trader. Never traded, never traded uh, futures in my life. Kind of scared me, to be quite honest with you. I got behind the screen, started trading stocks. I went to the S&P. When my buddy taught me the profile, he went, he totally switched from oils. He used to, he used to be a crack, the crack trader that spread between heat and oil and uh, crude. And he traded the S&P futures because he was always uh, in, that, in that vein. And he said the same to me. He goes, you're not going to go to the futures? I said, mm, I never traded them. I, I, I feel more comfortable right now doing the spy. So that's the main reason. Now, I have gone, like today I took a trading righty, believe it or not. I went long uh, RTY today. Uh, I have branched out a little bit into the futures. I'll take some micro trades, uh, MES trades in the, um, in the SPY. I really haven't taken any minis yet. I, because, you know what it is, Anthony? At times I like to play big, and, and if I see a trade setup that's happening for me, you know, I'll take you know 250 calls or puts. I'm just more comfortable doing that size in those as opposed to taking, I don't know what that even equates to in the minis. Is that 20 minis or you know, something like that? So that's basically why I get more bang for the buck in options. That's why I don't trade the ETF outright. It's just too expensive. No, I totally get it. It goes back to what you said really from the beginning today. You talked about identify the type of trader you are. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing you said, know yourself. And I'm all about that. I mean, I mean, you have to know where you're comfortable, right? I mean, so many people 
uh, are so they get convinced by other traders that if that works for them, that should work for you. You and I both know. Look at I've watched people make millions in front of me, and I try to do the same thing as them, and I lose. And yeah. it's just because in my mind I see it differently. I'm executing differently, and you have to go where you're comfortable because that's what makes you confident in your execution. Absolutely, and confidence is the key. I had a guy today, real quickly. He he told me I had a rough day. I didn't lose a lot. I got chopped up. He goes, you know, you have some patience. I said this, and I just, this is how I describe it in the room. I use silly things sometimes, but I said, just make believe you're a lion waiting in the tall grass. If every time a gazelle goes by you, you try to run after it, you're going to be exhausted. <laughs> Don't look for the trade. Let the trade come to you, and that's exactly what happened in L. You know, I had a gazelle with a bad leg come by me. I took him out. And then on the same thing on the downside. Again, it's it's knowing yourself and uh, and trying to get younger traders to understand that. Well, I think that's the one thing that, you know, you and I have developed over the years. And I think that comes with age, right? It comes with time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not in much of a hurry anymore. Somebody asked me the other day when I was doing a webinar uh, with them and I was doing a Q&A with a bunch of traders and it was really it was really a lot of fun and they asked me what was the one thing I would tell myself when I was uh, at the beginning of my career and it was think longer term and shorter term results will be better when I first started I needed everything I needed to make money today I need this trade you know I'm buying off or selling bids everything I did was about right now I needed that instant gratification. And as time goes by, you know, you get your teeth kicked in a bit. You know, you finally figure it out. You make some money and then you give a bunch of money back and then you go, whoa, I don't need to do this right now. Let me wait for something that, that is right in front of me to where I feel forced to do it and to where I'm not I, I'm feeling that I'm forced to do a lot of things. Because I think that's that's why we talk so much about I know you and I talk about like knowing ourselves as a trader. And that's just where you have to go through that because I think until you do force a bunch of stuff, and I think it's important that you do make those mistakes, you don't get to the point where you are where you waited for that trade in L. You know, because until you make that mistake in selling it, I don't know, or, or doing it in a different letter or whatever, that you start to realize, look, at, I, I, why did I do this here? Mm-hmm. I, you know, Because I felt the need to do it because I just wanted to be in. <laughs> we wanted it to result. No trade is a trade also. Um Keeping, you know, it's the money I try to tell them. It's the money you keep, not the money you make. Uh, all, all those little things. My my buddy, first thing I asked my buddy, well, how much money can I make? And he looked at me and he goes, he goes, I should throw you out of here for even asking me. <laughs> he goes, it, if you do the right trade, the money takes care of itself. And that's so, yeah. so true. And, you know, people could talk about that all they want. And it's like, I remember when I first started, everyone told me all the right things. And I still did everything wrong and lost money. And until you actually go through it, it, it's so hard to make that that decision in the moment, right, mm-hmm. Paul? It's like because it, for us, it's all about in the moments because yeah. it, it, we could understand all the right things prior to the day, but when we get to that moment, it's like it's so hard to overcome <laughs> that that feel of need and want right now. Uh, it just is. And I still fight it. I know even for myself, a couple of trades I did the other day, I'm like, what, what are you doing, man? You know, I'm just, I, I, why did you feel like you needed to get in right here and right now? You know, I had a little FOMO, 
you know, but I recognized it right away, trimmed my position, waited for the right opportunity. You know, I think that's the other thing is that you end up correcting them just quicker and recognizing them quicker once you've been through it a little bit. And that's why a game plan is important and, and, and putting the time and effort to do the homework. So when those, when it does come to you, that you do take decisive action. I mean, the, today's a tough day not to get lulled to sleep. And I try to tell the traders that. And if I got lulled to sleep, I would have missed two really nice trades in L because they happen in a heartbeat after sitting there all day. Yeah. I mean, preparation is what creates patience and discipline. People talk about being patient and being disciplined, but if you're not prepared, it doesn't matter. If you don't know what you're looking for, it doesn't matter. No. Great stuff, Paul. But we are not done yet. I'm excited to do this next segment with you. It's always the most fun doing rapid fire with veterans in the industry. So I'm really excited to do that. So rapid fire questions next if you're ready for those. I'm ready. All right, everybody. Our rapid fire segment is sponsored by Trading Technologies. Trade the global markets with TT. They are the world's fastest commercially available futures trading platform. Now with integrated tools for advanced options trading, cryptocurrencies, and trade surveillance. Learn more at Trading Technologies. Com. Paul, first question for you. What trader has influenced your life the most and why? Uh, okay, well, I think I answered this one, but a good friend of mine, Marty Sheridan, who uh, was a commodities trader. Again, he was a local. He traded behind the screen since 98. He's a Jim Dalton disciple. Uh, he went out into Chicago in the late 90s to Jim Dalton's uh, course the first time. He's probably taken it twice since. Uh he took me under his wing for about a year. I told you, he switched to the futures to teach me. I said, I never learned so much in detail as I did with him. Um, and to this day, when we talk on the phone, we're still very close. I have to book like a minimum of an hour because <laughs> that's, you know, he likes to talk about it. So there's no quick phone calls with him. So, but by far, it, he's definitely a, a good friend and a, a, was a great mentor to me. What was one of the hardest things for you to overcome in trading? Uh, again, we touched on this. It was uh, since I was a specialist in a market maker, it was the, it was the thought process of totally training how I would traded. I did not have to be on the other side of the trade and be supporting the stock when it went down, shorten it when it went up. Um, and I very, very, very painful, uh, painful lesson and expensive lesson. And the other thing, and I think I've gotten pretty good at this, is do not, do not fade a trend day. Um, especially I don't fade a trend day when they're going down, but I've had a habit in the past of fading up to upside trend days because it's such a slow grind. And at the end of the day, when I saw how much I was down, I was like, you are an idiot. Um, so I think I've gotten pretty good at not doing that anymore for the most part. How has your trading process evolved over the years? Uh, well, for sure, uh, for about nine, nine years or so, I traded by myself, um, behind the screen, which I enjoyed. Uh, for the simple fact that I, you know, I didn't want to get too many opinions, um, in my head, but since I started my own voice channel room, uh, I, I used to hold trades a lot longer. I was definitely better at that. I don't hold them as long as I do now. I probably trade more than I have in the past. I don't know if that's a function of trying to show the room, you know, that I'm right on this trade and I, I'm getting out of it. Um, but I mean, my focus is also in different directions, uh, trying to run a business and, uh, and, and talk to traders as opposed to just trading. But I do like, um, I, I do, I do enjoy, I mean, we have a great room with experienced traders and everything and learning what they use and everything, but definitely, 
um, being in front of a group uh, and 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 talking, uh, my trading has evolved a lot from that. One attribute you believe every trader should have: accountability. That's it. You can't you can't blame anybody. Favorite book uh, about trading. Uh, Markets and Profile by Jim Dalton. If I read it three times, I keep it by me. Sort of my uh, Bible. We might have to do a podcast one time with you and Jim. He's been on the show a bunch of times before. Has uh, he? Yeah, oh yeah. Jim, he, Jim doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. That's, I just know I know Jim. Through, he knows Marty. I tell you that much. He knows Martin Sheridan, but he is yeah. He does not. He does not know me. I know tuned. him. Stay tuned, traders. We might be uh, doing something <laughs> like that. What's the best piece of advice? you received about trading uh you're only as good as your last trade somebody told me that once on the trading floor because you know you have a guy that lost money five days in a row you didn't hear from him, and then all of a sudden he made money he was strutting around like a peacock <laughs> it, it's so true uh it's... that that kept me grounded I, I and and i think my room sees that i don't get euphoric when i do really well and i try not to get down when when my trade hits uh hits, hits a snag Try to keep an even keel at all times. Although my wife wouldn't believe that. She said I wore my position on my sleeve when I used to come home. <laughs> if you could give the younger you a piece of advice about trading, what would it be? Uh, that what we talked about earlier, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. If you try to put in your head how much you can make there on a day, on a week, on a year, uh, you're, gonna, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you're going to be doing it for a living, Get a good trading plan and realize that the money will take care of itself um, if you do the right trades. Uh, it, it really should. Quality setups haven't stopped in place. Last question for today. If you had an elevator pitch me your edge in trading, what would you say? Uh, like we said earlier, I think my best attribute is the ability to see and feel what the market is doing. Today, today is an exact, a beautiful example of that where some people in the room are like, oh, I think we're going to pop today's high and take out the all-time high and get going. And just that feel of no tempo, no volume. I said, I think the odds are really against that. And I think that helped keep a lot of traders out of some poor trades. Um, whereas uneducated traders, I think, got whipsawed pretty good in, in L period. So I think uh, markets being so visu visual and having the experience of doing this for so long, I, I think that's definitely my best attribute. Paul, where can people find you on Twitter and give us a website to check out? Sure. So my website is paul at camelbacktrading.org. Uh, I'm on YouTube under Paul Asma. I put out a morning and uh, afternoon video on the markets. And I'm on Twitter at Paul Asma and the number five. Paul, I got to tell you, this was so much fun. Uh, I wish we would have done this sooner. I know that. <laughs> I, you know, I appreciate it. And, and really, I learned a lot from you today. I've learned a lot from you from watching some of your videos. And I mean, you're, you're an OBS guy. You tell traders how it is. Uh, you're one of the true educators out there that really helps traders. And so many traders that listen to this show, like I said, wrote in about you. So you get a lot of love from the audience and, and well-deserved, my friend. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today and for coming on Futures Radio Show. Oh, my pleasure. I totally appreciate it and love to be back again. Thank you for listening to Futures Radio Show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. You can listen to all of our episodes on futuresradioshow.com, iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, 
Spotify, and Stitcher.